Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of the Earth 2 podcast. I'm Peter Watson. I'm Gavin Ritza. I'm Steve Higgins. I'm Tom Harris. I'm Kenny Smith. I'm Max Traver. I'm Christine Panton. I'm Rich Fallon. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. It's the 31st of December, or as we say in Scotland, it's Hogmanay. It's a very special episode. Today, just for you, we're doing a story from issue 198 of Detective Comics, published on the 1st of July, 1953. Peter's going to tell you about the cover. This is spectacular. We are outside a Scottish castle. Mm. There are pipers on a drawbridge. Walking along the drawbridge, it's Robin who is piping and Robin's wearing a kilt. And swinging down in front of this castle is Batman with a big cheesy grin on his face and he's also wearing a kilt. And it turns out the bat tartan is mostly yellow. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yellow with sort of some red and green. It's actually a bit like the Watson tartan, to be honest. Is it? Yeah. The Sutherland tartan, I think, which is ours, what we're part of, it's sort of predominantly sort of bluey green. Mm. But anyway, listeners, what Scottish clans do your ancestors belong to? And find out your tartan and write in and let us know. I like the portcullis. Yes. It's just tantalising there and the, the drawbridge. Yes. Would it be correct to think that because Batman and Robin are wearing kilts and those bagpipers and such things, that the story we're doing is taking place in Scotland? Well, there's only one way to find out. Shall yes. we jump into it? I think we should. Our opening splash panel. A massive Batman and Robin logo at the top of the page. We see thick fog and clouds surrounding a castle on top of a cliff. In the foreground of the panel, Batman and Robin are in a small rowing boat on the sea and they're being approached by a giant green sea serpent with fangs and weird eyes and a big horn in the middle of its face. A man on the cliff cries, Batman and Robin are fighting the Loch Ness Monster! Indeed! And a caption says, Very rarely do Batman and Robin journey abroad to crack a case. And when they do, you can be sure it's one that challenges their powers to their utmost. Now to Scotland, they're summoned, where a centuries-old mystery is enlivened with present-day peril, and our famed lawman becomes the Lord of Bat Manor. So, page one. Fate weaves a strange future for Batman and Robin, and the tangled thread begins in an ancient castle in faraway Scotland. It's a very impressive castle, it has to be said. Top of some cliffs, we can see the sea in the background. We can see that the flag and the battlements of the castle is at half-mast, and a couple of Scotsmen are standing in the foreground of the panel, and they tell us something else that's going on, and what this signifies. Look how many bats fly over the old castle. Aye, they came from the caves and the hills. It's why the McLaughlin Castle has always been called Bat Manor. But on this night, the old lord of Bat Manor, Angus McLaughlin, lies dying with one great regret on his mind. We see Angus in his bed. He doesn't look well at all. He actually looks very much like the actor Andrew Keir as he appeared in the film Quatermass in the Pit. If that gives you any point of reference, he's being attended to by his elderly manservant and the elderly manservant is saying, It's Mr. Smathers, the American detective, sir. Send him in. Perhaps he solved the riddle at last. But when Sam Smathers, American scientific detective, enters... I want to be a scientific detective. Sam Smathers 
is, he looks exactly what you'd expect him to look like. He's kind of thick set, slick back, dark hair. He leans down towards dying old Angus and says, I'm sorry, but all my efforts here haven't solved the McLaughlin mystery. After all, who could solve a mystery of four centuries ago? Then the family honor of the McLaughlins will never be cleared of the clout that rested on it so long. The old gentleman continues to narrate over the next few panels of this page. Yes, it was 400 years ago that the McLaughlin of Batmanor was entrusted with the royal gold. And we have a sort of rippled effect here as we're having a flashback to many, many, many years ago. 400, in fact, it just says, pay attention, David. We see a couple of chaps standing outside the castle. One guy wearing red robes, another guy wearing the, the very distinctive McLaughlin tartan. A chap in red standing next to a large wheeled cart, and he's saying to the man in tartan, The king sends this gold for you to keep safe for him during the wars. I'll hide it, where it'll be safe until the king wants it. But my ancestor hid it too well, for when he was killed in the wars, the secret of the hiding place died with him. The scene shifts. We see a gentleman with a very... Prince Valiant? Yes, that's going to be putting it. I was going to say like, if Gene Clark kind of went mad with the sizzles, <laughs> but that only works if you're a, a fan of the birds. Talking to an older gentleman who's wearing chainmail and a bit of a fancy helmet. Now, the guy with the Prince Valiant haircut, who's presumably the son of the McLaughlin of Batmanor, is saying, But I don't know where my father hid it for safekeeping. I've searched everywhere and can't find it. This was born the suspicion that the McLaughlins had stolen it. We see a bunch of Scotsmen, there's another way of putting it. This is exactly, listeners, if you have the story to hand, it's reprinted in Batman Annual Number 2, which was also reprinted in the Batman Annual's hardcover collection. So it's easily, fairly easily accessible. This is actually what we all look like in yes. Scotland. Um, I'm wearing my kilt and my sporran just now. Gavin has taken off his big shoulder type thingy because it's quite warm in here. And he's got I'm glad he said down. shoulder thingy and not yeah. kilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is wearing his Tam O'Shanter. Mm. Very fetching is too. It basically looks like a bunch of Scotsmen standing around in a golf course, quite frankly. <laughs> it's always been quite sunny because the, the grass is a little parched. But anyway, they're all standing around. They appear to be two groups, in fact. There's some elderly-looking gentlemen on the left of the panel. Some other chaps who seem to be taking their leave on the right-hand side of the panel. One guy in the red jacket says, I'll not forgather with the McLaughlins who stole the king's treasure. And a couple of the others who are present at the same time say... Not I! Not, not I. I! Not I! So that's obviously some dissension in the locals there. Not everyone wants to stand on side with McLaughlin's. We return to the present day as the elderly Angus continues. For 400 years we've been accused wrongly of theft. I hoped you could find the hidden royal treasure and clear our name. I've used every scientific detective device known and I couldn't locate it. Angus sits up in his bed. Wait! There's one man, one detective who could solve the ancient riddle. Batman of America! Sam is surprised to hear this. He says, Batman? But he'd never come to Scotland on this case. In the next panel we see Angus silhouetted. He's got his quill pen out and he's scratching away on a handy piece of paper. And he says, I'll see he does. I'll bequeath the castle to him. And as Lord of Bat Manor, he'll have to clear this cloud from our family honour. And he'll do it. I know it. Sam interjects. But? But, but, well, we'll have to wait and see, Sam. A shaking old hand signs a document. 
a wasted form sinks back, and then the wild wailing of bagpipes announces the passing of a Lord of Bat Manor. We're outside the castle. It's a very, very moody, very sad-looking image. You can see the piper playing in the centre of the panel, the castle behind him, and the bowed heads of several of the locals standing around. One of them says, The McCorkey of Bat Manor is dead. Another chap who, interestingly enough, looks like Andrew Morell, who played Professor Quatermass in the TV version of Quatermass in the Pit, he says, And the new Lord of Bat Manor is... Batman. A slow dissolve. That night, in a nearby town, Sam Smathers, alleged detective, secretly telephones to certain shady friends in America. Sam Smathers, alleged detective, supported menswear at the Leeds Cockpit in 1996. This is a great panel. Sam, using a nice old-fashioned phone. It's almost like we're looking through the glass at him. It's very, very effective. He's in the process of saying, Get over here to Scotland on the first plane. There's a fortune waiting. But I can't get it out myself. And we shift to across the pond. And in Gotham City, reporters crowd the new heir to Bat Manor, Batman and Robin. It's a street scene in Gotham. We see Batman and Robin. They're surrounded by press and newspaper photographers. Flashbulbs pop. The reporters hold their notepads up, their pens in hand, ready for a quote. The first reporter says... Are you leaving us to claim your inheritance? Another reporter says, You won't be away permanently, will you? And the Cape Crusader joins us at last on page three of his own story and says, I'll have a statement for you soon. Right now, I'm seeing Commissioner Gordon. And in the police commissioner's office... It's Batman and Robin with Commissioner Gordon. Now, it's the first we get a really good shot of Batman here. We can see that this chest symbol doesn't have a yellow oval around it. So, this probably means that this comic is taking place on Earth too. <laughs> Batman is saying, Frankly, I feel obligated to go over there and try to solve that old mystery. Apparently, that's why the castle was left to me. I understand, Batman. And since you've cleaned up Gotham City's underworld pretty well right now, there's no reason you can't go. Soon, out over the Atlantic races the Batplane, bearing the famous detective duo on one of the most fantastic adventures of their lives. And as we see the Batplane... Zooming through the sky, you hear the voices from inside. Since Bruce Wayne and his ward Dick Grayson are supposed to be on a vacation trip, we won't be missed in our other identities. I'm keen on this trip, Batman. Strange that you should inherit Bat Manor. I suppose the name is what made the old lord think of you. At last, a super-streamlined Batplane approaches a place that breathes of the far past. This is an excellent panel. I mean, look at the detail here. We can see the village below. We can see the... The coastline, some ripples in the ocean. Very pretty. This one will probably go in the socials. As the plane flies overhead, even casting a shadow on the ground underneath. That's like, Peter, who drew this story? This is a classic Dick Sprang. Ah, yes. Oh, well, there we go then. Listen, Good stuff. Superb. I don't know if we had a Dick Sprang story. Maybe mm. not for a long time. Anyway, from inside the plane, the boy wonder says, That must be Batman or Castle. And look at the crowd in front of it waiting to greet you. I wasn't expecting a reception, Robin. We'll land near the castle. But suddenly, a terrifying sight. Yeah, we're beside the castle with a bunch of Scots who are pointing into the distance. Something's gone very wrong. One of them says, Look, the dry heather's on fire! One of his pals says, It'll cross the narrow road and burn up our whole village before we can get there. The scene shifts slightly. Up among the craggy hills, Sam Smathers and his newly arrived underworld cronies smirk. <gasps> Sam's a baddie! Good grief, they're watching. You can see the... 
the smoke and the, the flames billowing across the hill. We can also still see the bat plane in the distance. This is another very good panel. Listeners, get a hold of this comic and look at page four of this story. It's fantastic. Sam is saying, That fire we started will draw everyone away from the castle to the village. Then we'll get our chance to enter it. But the Batman has reacted swiftly to the emergency. The bat plane is banking over the flames. Robin says, looking down at the devastation, That fire will never stop at that narrow road. No, but a backfire above the road would do it. As the bat plane dips, its flaming jets go into action. The bat plane has flown down, and the bat plane's jets have ignited another fire in front of and separate to the fire that's already burning on the hillside. From inside the Batplane, Batman says, The road itself keeps our backfire from spreading toward the village. It'll burn off a strip that the main fire can't cross. A group of villagers is still assembled outside the castle, and one of them comments on Batman's successful attempt at stopping the fire. The Batplane's backfire stopped it. The few folk left in the village can put out any stray sparks. That's just it does it. This is another really nice panel. It's a really nice page. We can see the, the castle and its little crop of the cliffs and the, the ocean billowing behind it. It's lovely. Sam and his shady mates are still up on the, the hillside looking down. Sam says, Batman ruined our scheme to get everyone out of the castle. But I had an alternative scheme if this one failed. And that one will work. The next panel is amazing. It shows Robin and Batman marching across the drawbridge, across the moat that surrounds the castle, into the castle. The villagers are delighted, cheering. One of them says, He saved our village. And another one says, Welcome, Batman. Inside the castle, the dynamic duo are greeted by the elderly manservant who we met earlier on. Aye, we all feel you'll be able to remove the cloud from the name of Batmaner, even though your fellow American sleuth, Mr. Smathers, failed. I don't remember any detective by that name. Anyway, I'll do my best, but gold lost for four centuries won't be easy to find. Suddenly they're interrupted by an elderly Scottish lady who says, You'll fail as the other outlander failed. The iron ghost who walks Batmaner will make you fail. Iron ghost, says Robin. Don't tell me this place is haunted. And the butler replies, only an old superstition that the Lord of Bat Manor who hid the gold walks by night until it's found and restored. So, a slow dissolve. Some time has passed. That night, in the solemn, shadowy castle... Batman and Robin are walking down a nice twisty staircase. And they look slightly different. Their normal attire has adjusted. And Robin says, I feel strange in this plaid kilt. It's not plaid, but... Tartan. Each Scottish house has its own tartan pattern, and the sporran, or pouch front, takes the place of pockets. Let's go into dinner. Yes, this is true, listeners. I use my sporran to keep my mobile phone and my house keys. Mm. Do you keep anything special in your sporran, Peter? Just us. Right, okay. Which is uh, fluff or lint. Yes. <laughs> listeners, what do you call fluff or lint where you live? Write in and let us know. Pete will give you the email address at the end of the episode. Now, this is very interesting. We now see Robin and Batman sat at a big, long table, obviously to have their tea. That's what we say in Scotland for an evening meal. There's a big, fancy candelabra on the table in front of them. And they're surrounded by bagpipers. I can't really imagine anything more distracting when you're trying to have your dinner. But anyway, Robin is stuck into his evening meal. Probably some haggis, or maybe some chicken pakora, the other great Scottish national dish. He's obviously digging the musical accompaniment that they have as he says, Wow, what dinner music! I wish I could play one of those bagpipes. 
Batman isn't having it. He dabs his mouth with a handkerchief and says, We'd better turn in early if we are to start our search in the morning. Later, when the boy Wonder slips from his room... See the big, heavy wooden door of Robin's bedroom, and he's sneaking out. But he spotted something to the left. It appears to be a suit of armour, or figure in a suit of armour, walking along the castle corridor. The boy Wonder says, I'd like to try out one of those bagpipes. And What's that? The Iron Ghost! It's real, but it can't be! He runs after the figure, catches up with it and says, You're no ghost, you're real! But he's stopped as the armoured figure turns and punches him in the face. Oof! Robin goes down. Moments later... Batman, obviously hearing some commotion, has arrived on the scene and helps his diminutive chum recover. There's a nice indication that Robin's head is spinning. It almost looks as though he's screwing his head back on, in fact. He looks very, <laughs> very uncomfortable. But he says to Batman... It was the spectre, all right, and it whacked me a good one. Ghosts don't usually have solid fists. We'll look into this right now. Now, we should clarify that spectre is spelled S-P-E-C-T-E-R. Not the same as the one-time member of the Justice Society of America, who we haven't had on the podcast in a solo adventure for a while, but he will be back before too long. In the next panel, we see that Batman, well, he seems to have found... Well, he tells us what he's found. Thought the fact that this part of the wall had no dust in it might mean a secret door. There's a passage going down inside the wall. Yes, it almost looks as though some of the bricks that make up the wall have just sort of swung in on a hinge. It's very, very, very well done. But obviously, nothing gets past Batman. You can also see in this panel that uh, what looks like the elderly manservant has heard all this running about and he's joined them. Robin says as they start to move forward, Maybe the gold's hidden down there! And the manservant on joining them in the passageway, which is now open. It's a very interesting panel here, actually, because we see them sort of in silhouette with the light in the, the corridor behind them. Very, very effective. The elderly manservant is saying, No, sir. Everyone knows of this old secret passage, and every inch of it was searched long ago. We'll have a look anyway. In the gloomy stone passage, swarming bats indicate how Bat Manor got its name. The corridor goes from behind the castle to an old road. Very interesting panel, this one, showing them, it's almost like a cutout into the rock that the castle's built upon. We can see Batman and Robin, Batman shining a torch ahead of them, moving down a very narrow passageway. It's been cut into the rock, and as the caption for the panel says, there are some bat shapes flying around. But then, in the next panel, Batman's torch reveals something very interesting. A car came here with the Iron Ghost, turned around and went away again. It was a British car, but the driver was an American. Well, he might as well go back to bed. Batman's torchlight reveals tyre tracks on the ground in front of them. What's that? How can Batman tell a man's nationality from his car tracks? A slow dissolve, then. Next morning, the search gets underway in earnest. Yes, they're no longer in Scotland. They're in the, the small English town of Ernest. I'm just kidding. We're still in the castle. Batman appears to have a sort of stethoscope-type device, and he's listening to the wall. Robin is in the background. Swinging a large sword around, Batman's saying, Nothing in this armory but solid stone walls. Robin, swirling his dangerous big weapon around in the background, says, These old claymores were man-sized swords, but I'd still like to try one of those bagpipes. The next panel shows that Batman has gone further in his search. And at the bottom of the moat... Yes, with the drawbridge lowered, Batman is... Completely submerged in water. I hope he's got an oxygen mask or something. It's not too clear. He's walking along the bottom of the, the water that um, surrounds the castle. Doesn't seem to be doing too well, though, as he thinks. 
There's nothing down here. <laughs> I'll say that properly. Hang on. Yes. There's nothing down here. <laughs> the fact that the cape. Sort of yes, really, it's, an, it's and he's phenomenal. Saying, hey, he's listeners. He's underwater. He's still wearing the cape. He's still got the kilt on. You know that's not going to be good for the for the wool. I'm Batman. Yeah. Anyway, Batman hopefully has dried himself off because we see him with the elderly manservant, and he's saying. I drew a blank in the castle. Maybe I'll have better luck with the tower and the grounds. And there's a very interesting bit of local detail in front of them, which they very helpfully, the elderly manservant, describes. This ancient clock tower is one of the prized relics of Bat Manor. In the next panel, they're inside the clock tower. We see the staircase inside that leads all the way up to the top. We can see the counterweights of the mechanism that makes everything work. Batman is starting to go up the staircase. And the elderly Scottish manservant says, The great clock runs for many days before the great weights have to be drawn up again. With all these places searched for 400 years, it hardly seems likely the gold is still to be found. They've made it to the top of the stairs in the next panel. We can see a cracking shot of the, the wheels and chains hanging down in the foreground of the panel. The elderly Scottish manservant says, As you can see, there's nothing up here. Batman is down on his knees because he spotted something. He says, Right you are. Hmm. An acid stain on the floor. I wonder. We cut to an aerial shot looking down on the clock tower in the castle in the next panel. Abruptly, a penetrating cry sounds from the castle. There's a massive screech sound effect. From inside the clock tower, the manservant says, A ghastly scream! I never heard one like it! Something's happened! And Robin's back there. If anything happened to him... As Batman races into the castle, another ear-shattering shriek rends the air. There's another massive screech. Hi, Batman, says the boy wonder. I'm practicing on this thing! I thought someone was being murdered. Satire. That's our national instrument, Batman. How dare you? Gee whiz. Robin's getting a proper telling off in the next panel, as Batman says. If you must play that, do it outside the castle. Oh, all right. If a musician can't practice here, I'll find some place where no one can hear me. This is a very upset-looking boy wonder. Oh, that's a shame. Come on, Batman, you should be encouraging him in his interests. Come on, let's have some positive parenting. Robin finds seclusion out on the Misty Bay. Out on the Misty Bay. That's another Bruce Springsteen album title just happening, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Bruce waiting. Seclusion out in the Misty Bay, however, obviously was probably a, a Tom Petty album produced by Rick Rubin or something. Anyway, this is a great panel. Robin has found a small boat that is named Batmaner, and he's out in the ocean. Fog, which obviously, as everyone who lives in the UK knows, permeates and surrounds everything that goes on. Just, you know, all those old stories you see of old London, that's exactly what it's like. London, as I've said in the past on the podcast, is still actually like that now. It's, it's horrible. Robin is playing around in his bagpipes, and he thinks, hmm... Not so good, but maybe I can improve. But what's that? It sounds like a boat coming toward me in the fog. And in the next panel, the fog shifts slightly, and Robin can see a large, long, green shape. It's got teeth. It's reading up out the water. Robin cries, a, a sea serpent! I'm getting out of here! But when the boy wonder relates his experience to Batman... Yes, Batman Robin and the manservant, all standing on the drawbridge outside the castle. Robin is proclaiming, he says, But I saw it! I tell you! 
Ha! The lad's seen the Loch Ness Monster here at Bat Manor. That's a strange thing. You see, Robin, people have thought they saw a sea serpent in Scotland before, in Loch Ness, but of course nobody believed the story. I wouldn't say that. There's many think that gruesome monster does exist. Like I've got Sylvester McCoy in my ears there. Ace! (laughs) (laughs) If it does, it could come here. Why don't you come with me and take a look? Slow dissolve, we see Batman and Robin immaculately rendered by Dick Sprang in silhouette, out in the boat, back out in the water. The caption says, But on the bay, only fog and silence await them. Batman, being incredibly impatient with his ward, says, Now, Robin, isn't this going a bit... But Robin cuts off the Cape Crusader, pointing behind him and saying, Batman, look! We cut to a wider shot and we can see the looping, almost form, of the serpentine Loch Ness Monster moving through the sea some distance away. And in front of the beast, we can see the silhouetted forms of some small sailing vessels. Robin excitedly cries, There it is! And it's heading toward those fishing boats coming in from sea! But such a beast can't be, unless... Wait, you said you were playing your bagpipe when it came toward you. Give me that pipe. And as the Batman blows a weird shrill strain... Cracking panel. Very exciting. You know, I've always been fascinated with the Loch Ness Monster. I remember being very young and one of the primary three, primary four, something like that, and our classroom library had Doctor Who and the Loch Ness Monster. Ah. And it just seemed like the most Doctor Who thing ever. And when they did the Zygons and that Peter Capaldi story, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was like, we're going to get a proper CGI Loch Ness Monster. It's going to look amazing. And what did we get? We got 15, 20 minutes of yapping. (laughs) <laughs> trying to make serious comments about the... It's like, no, it's not why we watch Doctor Who. And it was also the perfect trump card used in the argument between Rose and Sarah Jane right. and School Reunion. It was fantastic. Right. The Loch Ness Monster. What? Really? Oh, Billy Piper. Anyway, <laughs> back to the plot. It's a great panel. We see the monster looming towards them through the fog across the ocean. Batman has the pipes in hand. Robin says, Batman, look out! It's heading this way! I thought so. The bagpipe did it. It's going to run us down. Yeah, the final panel of this page, the Loch Ness Monster collides with the boat. Batman goes flying into the water. Robin hangs on. Batman, as he goes into the sea, cries, Dive clear, Robin! It's interesting, the way the, the, the monster is rendered, you could be forgiven for thinking that there's a giant numerical 1,000 floating in the water yeah. in front of them. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know what, the, what you would call that. Anyway, it looks almost as though the monster is swimming past him. Robin! Isn't doing too well. Batman, as he swims towards him, says, Grace Robin, he's dazed. Got to help him. Batman successfully swims over, grabs a hold of the boy wonder. However, we can see the monster has turned around and is bearing down towards them. Batman says, It's coming back this way. I must intercept it, but I can't let Robin drown. Ah, that bagpipe. It's floating. By tying its neck, it'd make good water wings. Batman works against time, then... The bagpipe will hold up Robin. He'll regain his senses in a few moments. Yeah, because we can see in the foreground of the panel that Robin is floating, using the bagpipes, but the monster seems to be leaving them alone. Batman continues. But that thing is heading for the fishing boats. Got to stop it. And as Batman swims towards seeming suicide, on a hilltop high above the sea... Yes, we're back with the dodgy Sam Smathers and his pals. Sam is saying, That motor-propelled monster I built and operated by my remote supersonic control. 
until Batman's bagpipe sounds interfered with the supersonic waves. But now I can direct it to ram the fishing boats. One of Sam's dodgy mates has spotted something behind them though. He points and says, Look! We cut to an almost aerial shot of them looking down from their vantage point in the hills. We can see the castle and the clock tower down below them. And Sam's dodgy pal continues, Everybody in the castle is running to sea, as we figured. Now we can get into the castle and work without interference. You can see the figures of everyone in the castle leaving the castle, running down to take a look at what's going on in the ocean. Sam says, Quick! Into our car! Meanwhile, Batman has reached the monster and... Yes, great panels. Batman has climbed up the side of the monster's neck. He's hanging off its ear as he says, A mechanical dummy, as I suspected. A real serpent swims by rippling its coils up and down. This one's didn't move. But it'll smash the fishing boats if I don't stop it. Racing from castle and village, the natives view a terrible scene. The Scotsmen who are in the castle have arrived at the cliff edge. They're pointing down, they can see what's going on. One of them cries, The monster has Batman! It's swallowing him! And sure enough, that's what it looks like. But Batman deliberately entered the fake sea serpent's throat. Keep it clean, listeners. Now, this is a great panel. There's a kind of cutaway showing the inside of the, the robotic Loch Ness monster. Batman's kilt-wearing lower half, poking out of its mouth, managing to dodge the, the fangs, which are very clever. He's working away at the, the cables and stuff inside. And as he does this, he says, By ripping out these wires, I ought to cut off its power. Ah, the thing's harmless now. It's a wee bit disappointing, isn't it, listeners? How cool would that have been if it had been the actual Loch Ness Monster? Mm. Anyway, maybe when Pete C and I write our own DC comic, we'll talk about when Batman and Robin went back to Scotland and met the real Loch Ness Monster. Of course. With a little bit of um, help from Neptune Perkins and maybe the Red Torpedo or something like that. That sounds quite good, I do, let's yeah. do that, yes. In the background of the next panel, we see that the monster has come to a halt in the fog and Batman is swimming back to his colleague. Now we get back to Robin. And we see Robin in the foreground of the panel, draped over the bagpipes. Thankfully... He hasn't slipped off and drowned. That helps. In the next panel, they've got out of the ocean, they've dried themselves off, they're running up towards the clock tower in the castle as Batman has explained to Robin what's been going on. A supersonic controlled mechanical fake? But why? Quick, Robin, to the castle. We could be too late to catch them. Catch who? And if you're going by that tower clock, there's no hurry, for it's wrong by hours. That's why I know there is no time to waste, because that clock's wrong. In the ancient clock tower. Inside the structure, Batman and Robin rush through the open door. We see Sam and his mates. Well, they're up to no good. Robin recognises one of the people who's already there. He cries, Smoothie Mathers, the American crook. And look, he and his pals have been stealing the big lead clock weights of all the silly crimes. Not so silly, Robin. Those ancient massive clock weights are not lead, but gold. The gold hidden for centuries. The old lord of Batmanor hid the royal gold by coating it with lead and using it for these great weights. And we can see that Sam's colleagues have got a couple of the weights down in the ground and are doing something to them. It's not too clear. Maybe they're just maybe they're going to try and take the lead as well. They should probably get some money for them. You know, they probably could, let's be honest. People are forever stealing it from church roofs, so I'm told. We move to a higher perspective in the final panel of this page. Sam and his mates... Make for the stairs. Sam cries, So you found out, like me, where the gold was. Yes, that acid stain you left in the tower made me wonder. I examined the weights and tested them with acid inside their lead coating too. I was waiting for you to come for it to trap you. 
In the next panel, dynamically, Batman has grabbed one of Sam's pals and flipped him over his head, saying, Next time you drive a car in Scotland, don't do it on the right side of the road. One drives on the left side here. That's how I knew the Iron Ghost Prowler was an American. Great shot of Robin swinging on one of the chains that the weights were attached to and knock out the other bad guy. Sam legs it up the stairs saying, I'll take care of you, Batman! High in the clock tower, a frenzied criminal labours. When this clock crashes down, it'll wipe you out, Batman! You can see that Sam is some kind of lever and he's trying to dislodge one of the giant cogs. Robin, fast approaching behind, thinks... Got to stop him in a split second. This should do it. And we see him moving for the giant hammer, which would strike off the bell in the clock tower. And as the tremendous reverberation bursts in the tower room... Yep, Robin's been successful. He struck the bell with the hammer, this giant... In the foreground, we see it reverbing, and Sam's hat falls off. He drops his lever and he cries... Ah, that sound! It's splitting my ears! We see Robin, very cleverly, standing right next to the bell, but he's saying, That's why I covered my own. You're going with me, Mathers! Moments later... In the background, one of the bad guys has already had his hands secured, and Robin is tying a rope around the wrists of one of the others. Batman has got a hold of Sam. Robin says, Gee... We owe a lot to that clock gong. Yes, Robin. And the clock itself told me the crooks had come for the gold. To get the weights, they had to lower them to the ground, and that made the clock's time wrong by hours. It was the tip-off I hoped to find. Soon after, the criminals have been delivered to the constabulary. Yes, we see Batman and Robin standing with a triumphant and ecstatic and happy bunch of local Scotsmen who are all celebrating. Yay! Great! Hi, Jesus Christ! Good for you, Batman! Oh, hi, the news! Here we! Here we! You turned the winds against us! Yes, now celebrating the fact that the bad guy's been caught, Batman is saying to the elderly manservant, The gold has been turned over to the government. The McLaughlin's agent debt is paid and their name cleared. And, as a heir, I'm deeding this castle to... The government also to be a memorial monument of old Scotland. There'll be a monument in it to you, to the great Batman of Batmanor. And a slow dissolve as our two heroes fly home. And later, as the Batplane wings homeward across the Atlantic... You see, Robin has taken his bagpipes with him. He looks delighted as he says, I took it along to practice in our Batcave. And Batman looks very pained, puts a hand up to his head as he says... Oh no, anything but that. The end. Oh yeah, well done everybody. Good job, that was great. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yes, I hope you enjoyed this uh, special episode, <laughs> listeners. It was a lot of fun to do, and uh, hopefully a nice little bonus during our hiatus. Yes, a long, long time in the planning. Two years in the planning. We talked about the stat- first stat tournament doing this ages ago. Some of our, our contributors this week made their record their contributions a very long time ago. So we have a few a few thanks Indeed. To, to make, don't we, PC? Indeed. First of all, I'd like to thank Max and Rich of the Weird Warriors podcast for their contributions. Thank you very much, guys. You must check out their podcast. It is sensational. They cover the Weird War Tales series and some extra bonus stuff as well. It is a delight to listen to, so please check that out. Thanks to our good friend, Steve Higgins, for his contribution. Thanks to my pals, Kenny Smith and Tom Harris. You can check out Kenny's dedicated Eighth Doctor 
podcast, Pieces of Eight, and Tom's The Imposter podcast might have released another episode by the time we release this. But um, yeah, check them out and thanks for your time, gentlemen. I'd also like to thank my wife, Christine, who has been very patient and in <laughs> indulging me with uh, this podcast and all the time it takes to put together. Indulging all of us. Indeed, yes. yes. And thank you very much for your contributions today. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And of course, I'd like to thank the producer of this episode. Yes. A <laughs> yes. wonderful friend of the show, Gavin Reza. So thank you very much, Gav. My pleasure. We have been in studio for this one. Yes. You might notice a slight difference in, very the, exciting. in the quality of it. If you think it's a dip in the quality, it's his fault. If you think it's improved, <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Gav, for, for making this one possible for us. God bless you. Indeed. And as David alluded to earlier on, we will be putting up some bonus content for this episode on our social media. On Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth2. And on Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth2 podcast. We certainly are. Listeners, do check it out because you'll see at least the cover of the panels. And I've even found the Mexican reprint of the story as well. How good's that? Oh, yes. Do check out our socials. And as always, because it's the it's the holiday season, if you're feeling especially generous, you can maybe think about going to wherever it is you receive your podcasts and leaving us a nice review. But hey, no pressure. And on that note, I've been Peter. I've been Gavin. I've been Christine. And I've been David. We'll see you again very soon. Next year, in fact, I think, eh? For Year Two, two Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. It's very impressive, Castle. It has to be said. Top of some cliffs, we can see the sea in the background. I think we can see the sea in the background. This photo's not downloading from the cloud, and the photocopy's not very clear, but that's fine. Pete, so I'll cut that in a moment. Inside the structure, Batman and Robin rush through the open door. We see Sam and his mates. Well, they're up to no good. Robin cries, Smoothie Mathers! The, um, I made that sound like he was just like... swearing. Smoothie Mathers! Batman! Smoothie Mathers. Smoothie Mathers supported menswear. Yeah. <laughs> King Tut. Smoothie Mathers was the original drummer before ah, my, yeah. BBC Six is my Everett took over. <laughs> Did you read that tweet about the Montro- that tweet thread about the Montrose Avenue last night? No, <laughs> you should. It's really, really interesting. I, I was their biggest fan, um, and their album's getting reissued. So Matt did a wee thread about it, and it's it's really, really interesting because Men's were obviously get mentioned. I check that out. You should. It's good, honestly. <laughs>